Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So last week I said something along the lines of like, you know, the intro is just the place where we kind of bicker for 10 minutes and we complain about the minute stuff that's on our minds. I, I, and, and you know what? I've taken a lot of time to reflect on that, and it's really important that we are conscious about the kinds of information that we're putting out into the world and the kinds of energies that we're trying to put out into the world. So I just want to keep that in mind as we move forward with our intros and our conversations. Um, driving in cities suck. Okay. I hate. No, it's not. Parking in cities. Yes. Is. Okay. The worst thing Parking ever. is just the worst ever. I have never been to a place where I'm not worried about parking 80% of the time. It's brutal. I went and visited visited New York with Macy. We got an Airbnb in Brooklyn, parked our car, and left it there for five days straight. Because I'm like, we're not going to be able to find another spot. And I don't want to walk seven blocks to get to this Airbnb every time. So we just left the car there and took public transportation for like... The entire visit because it stressed me out too much to have to find a parking spot. Yeah, there are entire sitcom episodes like it was more in the 90s than now, but entire sitcom episodes of people trying to park places and having to move their car because of street cleaning. Like this is uh, this is a problem that shouldn't exist. Like the thing I think about, you know, in our town of like maybe 10,000 people. I used to work downtown. I would have to show up 30 minutes early just so I could loiter the parking lots until somebody left and I could take their spot. Good. Dude, it's just like, what are we doing? It It's one of those things that like, I don't mind. Everyone c- t- complains about no one here knows how to drive. I mean, everyone just drives aggressive. That does not bother me at all. Because once you start driving aggressive, the world's your oyster. Treat it like a v- video game. The problem is, is I'm going to be always late if i have to show up 45 minutes early to find a spot and then you just have to get lucky you have to see someone pulling out and then just be the first in line to get there it's too much and if you can't parallel park well on the first try people are going to be honking at you like trying to go around you you're going to cause an accident so it's just too much stress for me yeah i the last time i tried to parallel park andrew was guiding me and he guided me so wrong (laughs) He guided me so wrong. So Andrew and I, who are both well in our 20s, are still bad at parallel parking. So that's that's a skill that is important. But also, if you don't have it, I understand. Also, it doesn't translate if you're in a new car. It doesn't translate if the space is tighter than what you're used to. It doesn't translate if your cues like where the curb is and all that stuff changes. So Because no parallel parking spots are like wide enough right it's like exactly one car deep so you have to finesse like like a sharpshooter but with a two-ton car yeah and it is a broken system and it gets worse in the snow and it gets worse in the rain and it gets worse at night at night don't even try bro at night we're done why are (laughs) we letting parking spots be two hours only it feels like an unnecessary restriction Dude, I'm over it. I, it's just like why when I go to a new place, I'm gonna go check ahead of time. Is there parking? If it's yes, L.A., yeah. Chicago, New York, I'm just gonna plan on there not being parking. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. If it's a smaller city like Austin or San Diego, San Diego still like top ten. 
San Diego, literally, if it's not one of those cities, like also like Miami, all that super condensed stuff, I'll, I'll look up ahead of time, be like, oh, it might be, it might not be. But sometimes I'm just like, I'm not even going to risk it. I'm just going to get an Uber or I'll take uh, the subway or whatever everywhere. Like I'm not messing around with this because it's literally, it's just too annoying. And I, I don't have time for that stress. Also, that means I don't need to also imagine drinking, right? And being like, I'll get an Uber home and let me find a way back here. No, thanks. Just Uber the whole time. Okay, so now we need solutions, all right? Solution number one, 15-story parking deck. Why are we not making skyscraper parking decks? Just put – and I want like a bullet elevator in it too. We have the technology. Use it. Okay, second one. All cars, all of them have parallel parking assists. Every single one. If we have backup cameras on all the new stuff, we can put parallel parking in there, bro. Third, all cars have the ability to like <laughs> essentially extend upwards. So in theory, you could park on top of another car by, you know, driving on top of them. Right. I think that's a flawless. I mean, solution. that's a freaking a bold move. <laughs> I think what you should do instead is just have all cars have that like 90 degree angle. And you just go sideways. Yeah. That would be dope. Like a tank. There's this frat house that I live really close to where um, the way they have their parking set up, it's only like eight cars park in that parking lot. It's not even a parking lot. It's a driveway. But the way they have it set up is they have like six cars around the perimeter and then two cars right at the entrance, which means... Six of those eight cars cannot leave on their own free will. And every time I pass by it, I'm like, what if Nick in the back needs to leave? Does he have to find, does he, are the keys just kind of like in the bowl up front where you can move the cars if you need to? Or like, what's the, cause it looks like one of those like flash games that you would play where you would have to like drag the blocks around to create a straight shot. Like it's that, but like a driveway. Dude, another thing that's... Okay, solutions. Solutions. No more cars. No more cars is unironically a great solution. If we... Or just be like, hey, within these city limits, it's taxis only. If you don't like it, take one of our scooters, take our bikes, or walk. But subways and taxis are it. I guess and the bus. That's fine too. But no personal vehicles. Or... No, no personal vehicles. I was going to say, or you have to pay <laughs> yeah. a heavy fee because what's ended up going to happening is it's going to be a heavy fee, right? All the rich people are going to have cars. No one else would have cars. So I'm not, I'm not for that. Taxis. And if we're, yeah. And everything we can do to punish the rich. We're just going to be like, 100%. I want to give them special privileges. Oh, or <laughs> if you're going to make it special privileges, it has to be stupid. Like not, like not fair. Like a thousand dollars a day to have your car in the city. <laughs> I love that. So uh, let's, uh, are you ready to? Talk about the movie? Yeah, let's talk about the movie. All right. This week, we are in our 50s week for Decades Month. We watched A Streetcar Named Desire. And if you don't want to hear us talk about this, you can move on to the next segment at this time code right here. Time code 3332. Now, very rarely, very, very, very rarely do Alex and I talk about the movie before we talk about it on the podcast. Uh, yesterday, I received a text from Alex that was essentially, if you thought Casablanca was bad, you're going to have an awful time with this. Best of luck. So, Alex, yeah. would you like to elaborate a little bit? So, I liked Casablanca a lot. It's a 
old movie, it's black and white, it's drama filled, and it's heavy dialogue. This movie is all of those things, except bad. (laughs) And the thing is, is people freaking love this movie. It's Marlon Brando's second movie. You might know him from The Godfather. Yeah, I know him from Superman, but whatever. Okay, sure. <laughs> like, he's the guy. This movie got four Oscars. Oh, it, like, it's it's nuts what people say about this movie. But let me tell it, you. Intensely quoted, f- super famous. Like, it is, it is a film ab- upon all films. Right. It was also a um, theater show before a movie. A play is what it's called, but Uh, yes. (laughs) Sure. I don't know why I said that. Whatever. It was also, yeah. I mean, it's it's also a play beforehand. And I don't know, dude, it was hard to follow what was going on. And I needed to, it was one of those things that like, there was so much dialogue that I was looking at my phone for, this is not a joke, half of this movie and listening to it like a podcast and following along. (laughs) And then I had to take an hour break. Came back to the movie, realized I had no idea what was going on, went back a half an hour, Whoa! watched the last half of what I previously watched, and then finished the hour, finished the movie, didn't know how it ended, went on Wikipedia, read about it, realized I had read Streetcar Named Desire, the play, and then went and read the Wikipedia for Street Named Named Desire, Streetcar Named Desire, the film. So I know Do they have different endings? Yes. Uh, oh. It's nuanced. Like, there's things that you don't see in the movie that's in the play, and there's things that you don't see in the play that's in the movie. But And there's there's one very specific ending that changed. But are we, we're not doing spoilers, right? This movie's ancient. Yeah, we're all spoilers. Okay. All spoilers. Um, at the end of the play, um, they get back together. Stella and Stanley okay. get back together. And at the end of the movie, she's like, I'm, I've had it up to here. We're over. Um, dude, this movie is... I can do. Do you want to take a shot? Because I'm gonna go right back into ranting about it. If you have anything <laughs> pertinent to say. Okay. So, so the simple breakdown of this movie is uh, Blanche Dubois shows up at, at her sister's place, Stella, and she's like, "Hey, bad news. Uh, I had to sell our old. Or no, we lost our old property. Right. Push came to shove. We lost our property in Louisiana, and her sister's in New Orleans. Yes, and. So she's like, I left early from my job as a teacher, so I need to stay with you for a few months. Is that cool with you? Stella is like, absolutely love it. Her husband, Stanley, not so much. So Blanche and Stanley butt heads, I would say every 45 seconds of this movie. Yep, pretty much the whole time. (laughs) And basically the movie is... Stanley thinks that Blanche is a fraud and he's kind of trying to prove it, but also is not against the idea of just bullying her out of the (laughs) house. Yeah. Like why (laughs) fire them when I can make them quit? So that's kind of the movie is like you questioning is Blanche serious? Is Blanche a liar? Does Stanley have good grounds? Also Stanley is extremely abusive Yes, let's be clear. No one in this movie is likable. Yes, so Blanche is the sister moving to town. She's moving in with Stella and Stanley. Stella and Stanley have an extremely abusive relationship where Stanley is physically abusive, emotionally abusive, towards Stella. 
yeah, it's it's bad. And they Stella keeps going back to him. And then Blanche also develops a relationship with a guy named Mitch. Now, that's pretty much only people you need to know in this movie. Those four yes. people. And none of them are good people. Except none for maybe Stella, which you just feel bad for the entire time. I do want to give a shout out to Vivian Lee. Uh, second time on the podcast. You might remember her from Gone with the Wind. Yep, banger. Two for two on playing difficult to like characters. Yeah, man. Which, you know, I don't think it's her fault. I think it's just just bad character choice. Yeah. Listen, she got typecasted real hard as the protagonist of the movie that I'm not sure if we're supposed to be on her side. And let me tell you, she won an Oscar for two things. Gone with the Wind and A Streetcar Named Desire. (laughs) So we might not know what we're talking about. So at least with like Gone with the Wind, like Clark Gable was there to like balance her out. Like even when he went off the rails, he was still able to be like, whoa, Scarlet, what's going on? But in this movie, Stanley and Mitch are like, we're going to enable you and also abuse you. It's rough, dude. But also she's lying. And I had a hard time keeping track of what she was lying about because everything was a lie. So I actually had to look up everything and it's not good. So because it's pretty dense, like all things like, like you said, it's hard to follow, dude. And the thing is, is all this is getting revealed in conversation. Like there's no exposition. It's all we're all in the middle of a conversation. And over the course of multiple conversations, you figure out what has happened. Yes. And also, I've never heard two people converse that I despise their style of conversation more than Blanche and and Stella. I don't know what it is about how they communicate with each. I don't know if they talk too fast. I don't know if it's, you know, their vocabulary. But for some reason, when those two spoke, I'm just like, I am retaining none of this. (laughs) It was so hard. What it felt like. Was it was like very passive aggressive. We're not going to say what we're actually thinking, but we're going to read between the lines. You know how? Yes. So I, when they're saying so many words that I'm like, I know this is all subtext for something else, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I want to talk about a scene that was kind of my breaking point. I want to, I want to make a statement real quick. I did not mind this movie. I did not hate it as much as you did, and I do not love this movie. The best way to say it is I did not mind this movie. However, there are several breaking points that I think make this movie difficult in general. Uh, And one of which is the poker scene with the radio. Um, Mm -hmm. So there is a scene where Stanley is like, hey, I'm having some friends over. We're playing cards. Stella, can you and Blanche go out for the night so we can have the house to ourselves? They come back super early and (laughs) like, I would say unreasonably early, rudely early. (laughs) And they go to the bedroom, which does not have a door, only has a curtain. Yeah. It's a very small apartment. And Blanche is like, man, I want to like, I just want to dance. So she turns on the radio. I would say as loud as it can go. Yeah. Pretty high up there. And just starts dancing. And Stanley, albeit a bit aggressively, tells her to turn it off. I've been drinking. (laughs) Asks her to turn it off. And they do. And then about 15 seconds goes by and Blanche turns the radio on again. Stanley is a little upset about this. Well, Mitch is also in here. Yes. Mitch makes it worse. 
because not only is Mitch not playing poker anymore, the reason he came over, but now he's chatting up the girls. And the music gets a little loud, and then mixed with a bad hand that Stanley has, he just snaps. <laughs> <laughs> and and he doesn't, like, rage on the women. He takes the radio and he throws it out the window. And I'm just like, man, that's your own property. Who, who likes, did you? But this is also foreshadowing. Homeboy likes breaking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he is teaching nobody a lesson by smashing his own property. And also loves getting his clothes ripped and ripping Absolutely clothes. Absolutely demolished. This guy's half the time he's walking around with a shirt with no sleeves. <laughs> it's rough, bro. The deepest of V-necks. Uh, and then that scene is quickly, and, and that kind of like gives us a hint into how deep in the relationship Stella is because they go and stay at like a friend's house or whatever for yeah, the night. who lives above them. Yes. And Stella comes back before Blanche does. She she comes back that night. Uh, her Stella and Stanley make up. They have sex. And, you know, everything's all hunky-dory for yeah, but Stella. Like, it was, I, don't, I think we need to make it, more obvious that Blanche is not crazy about Stanley and that she's yes. like, Hey Stella, what are you doing with this guy? Because yes. and so that's everyone, what like, this when, scene when, does. when the poker happens. Yeah. This whole scene is just like Blanche realizes that not only is Stanley a bad guy, but he's not good for Stella because he's been drinking a lot. So after he throws the radio out, scares the crap out of the girls, freaks him out. The girls run out. Then the guys carry him into the shower, says you're freaking drunk. Get it together. Like, he's barely there. He's stumbling. Then Stanley beats up each one of them individually. Yes. Like a freaking Assassin's Creed yeah. game. Like, Just I'm going to take one you at one a time. by one. Takes on three dudes. <laughs> Beats them all up. They all leave. He comes to, sobers up a hair, goes outside, yells up to the second story. And this is like the iconic line. Which you would think would come from a more romantic part of the movie. Also, you would think... The line would be more than, hey, Stella. <laughs> but the line is just, hey, Stella, hey, Stella, over and over and over again until she's like, all right, all right. And the neighbor she's staying with is like, what are you talking about? She's leave her alone. <laughs> You're drunk. Go home. You might see her in the morning. And Stella's like, all right, all right, I'll go see him. And that's when they have sex. And then Blanche comes back to the neighbor's house and goes, where's Stella? And she goes, she went home. She's like, what? What are you? What is she crazy? And then cut to the next day. Blanche comes home, Stel- um, Stanley's gone, and Stella's just, like, asleep in their bed. And he goes, oh, he's really not that bad of a guy. And then Blanche is like, do I have the ability to speak freely? freely? Like, she's in the military or something. And she goes, say whatever you want, Blanche. You always do. That goes, line frustrated me so much because she says that two minutes into an already pretty frank conversation. Yeah, and so she's like, may I speak plainly? And my reaction was, have you not been already? Right. Tell us how you really feel. And then, and then what she says is he's common, which is not that bad. All it's, all she said is he's just a guy. Why did you like, there's nothing special about him. Which Why in terms of him? things that she needs to preface, this is pretty low on the totem pole yeah. compared to other things that she just says. She told her previous husband essentially to kill himself. Yeah, I'm like, it's freaking nuts, bro. So that's this all happens 45 minutes into the movie. So I saw this twice. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and then after this, the love affair... 
with uh, what's his face starts. Mitch. Uh, Mitch. And basically, what happens is, which I didn't catch on to until they he basically said it out loud, is through a series of dates that all occur at night. Um, because she is afraid that he is going to figure out that she's in her thirties. Yeah. Which he is also. <laughs> But um, she's like, he'll know. Well, she keeps using this phrase. She keeps saying, like, I'm afraid you'll find I'm an old maid school teacher. I'm an old maid school teacher. She uses this phrase, this phrase old maid a lot. And I'm like, you are grossly overselling how old you are. Yeah. Even by 1950 she's standards. Like 33. <laughs> OK. Um, Craig has that range in his Tinder. Yeah. So it's not that crazy. Um. And she doesn't have any kids. It's not like she has, there's there's nothing, all her stuff is in that apartment. She doesn't have anything else. There's like nothing extra. But anyways, they fall in love for no reason, but they, it's because she's re- not going to reveal her age. And he's like, at the end, he's like, I didn't even really care. It was more the fact that you just lied about everything. Um, yeah, and I want to talk about that reveal for a second. First of all, the cinematography in this movie is not great, in my oh, opinion. And and by, okay, so there's a couple of things. Visually, this movie is hard to see things. It's yes. hard to tell when it's day and when it's night. It The whole movie's dark. Every white person in this movie is black, okay? <laughs> and the big thing I want to say about that is something I noticed immediately is they needed a new lighting director because there was a shadow on someone's face for like half of the movie when there didn't need to be. It'd be like two people sitting next to each other and person two's shadow is on person one. I'm like, D- did you, do, you not know, do, you, do you not know how to light this? Dude, it's I, I'm so- disturbing. <laughs> It is like, and you notice the second the movie starts, like, it is dark here. Yeah, so there's just, uh, there's so many lighting problems that it was straight up distracting. So we get to this scene where Mitch is realizing that Blanche has been lying about her age. And the what what he does is he pins her against a wall and turns on the rinkiest, dinkiest lamp on, in front of her face. And, hey, do you know what she looks like? A normal woman. Yeah, just a <laughs> lady, dude. And it was, it was just weird. <laughs> also, he was mad about some other stuff, which we'll get to. So, basically, um, Stanley's attacking her because... he's upset that when she lost the farm, the big old estate, that was his. I want to say the, the farm is called bell reeve, which I only remember because it is the prison in DC comics. Okay. Good to know. I wonder if they they definitely, that's not a coincidence. Um, (laughs) so bell reeve, he talks about, well, Napoleonic law, which is that phrase phrase he uses 4,000 times (laughs) way too many times in Napoleonic law. Whatever's my wife's is mine and whatever's mine is my wife's. So basically he's like, when you lost the house, you lost a big chunk of what I would have gotten essentially as a dowry. Like I inherited that when I got married to her. So he's pretty upset about that. And then she's like, and he's also upset. Like she couldn't afford to live in that house, but she's got, you know, furs, she's got jewelry. She's got all this fashion. And then Stella's sticking up for her, like, hey, she got that from other people. Those were gifts. Like, it doesn't mean what you think it means. And then, so he's on to her from the jump. Like, let me see the paperwork that she lost the property. Let me see what's actually going on. Then we realized, kind of, I had to go back and look this up, that she was in love with the boy. She keeps saying, I love this boy, love this boy, love this boy. I'm like, well, that's weird. Because usually when you love a person, you don't say boy and girl. You say man, woman, 
something more adult, you know? Um, and then you find out when she's talking to Mitch that she, which is not how you should break it to someone that you killed somebody because you didn't. You said some horrible things and then he killed himself, but you didn't kill him. And all I'm saying is just be nicer next time. And also, if you didn't legit kill a person, don't go walk around telling people you killed them. Well, in her defense, that is a very emotionally damaging thing to happen to someone. Right. Did like, you did well, you pick okay, up on what happened? No, yes, I did. Okay, because I I had to read it. Because I had no idea she, what happened. Yeah, she basically was like, I was out with him one night, and I basically told him you're the same thing that she said about Stanley. You're normal. You're not exciting. I don't feel the spark anymore. And he took that personally, and you know, took it into his own hands, I guess. It gets worse than that. Apparently there's subtext that neither one of us picked up on because I had to read about it. What she found out was he's bisexual. Oh. And had been seeing an older guy. Yeah, did not pick up on that. Yeah, I had to read it, bro, because I went over my head. I'm like, wow, she's... this Dude, if someone told me I was just a guy, I would have killed myself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it gets worse. But she, like, ridiculed him because she found out. Um, And... She's like, listen, this is not going to work out. You're just, you're just a guy. This isn't going to happen. That she did this in public. He was so embarrassed. He went and killed himself. And then Mitch was like, listen, man, it's not that bad. We can still be together. And I'm like, okay, Mitch, simp much? Okay, chill, bro. This movie he, is, he is also bad. This movie is also 20 minutes too long because I would say it's longer than 20. It's it's 40 minutes too long. It's 30 minutes. It's long, bro. I say it's 20 minutes too long because it got to a point where I'm like, all right, we need to start wrapping this up. And I started to check out a little bit. And then when I came back in, they were putting Stella in a men- in a mental hospital. And oh, it yeah. was one of those like, whoa, whoa, how did we, I, whoa, how did we get here? I knew she had some trouble, but I don't know what happened in the last 20 minutes to make well, Craig, this you missed necessary. A lot. You missed a lot. Because what happened after that was Stanley did some research. He dug some dirt up and he found out that the boy that she was in love with was one of her students. Yes, that was about the last thing I remember plot wise is the boy was 17. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's not good for her. Right. And he's telling Mitch all this. And then Mitch blows up on her. Um, And then that's re- she lost her job as a teacher. Then she becomes a prostitute, which is where she got all these nice clothes and all this stuff because that was for her job. And then after that, she moved to New Orleans to be with them. Um, Mitch didn't know any of that. Stanley didn't know any about that. She had not been letting anybody know. And then in the middle of Stanley confronting her about that and freaking out, Stella goes into labor. So Stella goes to the hospital. Stanley goes with. Then Stanley comes back and um, he seems way more chill. You can tell he's just tired. And then Blanche goes, how's Stella doing? He goes, she's still in labor. Um, the nurse said I could go home, catch some Z's and come back. And then Blanche is like, are we here by ourselves? And he goes, yeah, Blanche, you got a problem with that? And at that point, I realized, well, this is bad. Because if a woman is so scared she has to point it out, that means something bad's going to happen. And guess what? Something did happen, which I also didn't pick up on. So what ends up happening is they get in a huge fight. Um, he rips her clothes, saying like, Listen, where do these even come from? Is this real? How could you afford this? I know the truth. Mitch knows the truth. And she goes, you're the one who told Mitch. And then yada, yada, yada. Then uh, the movie alludes to the fact that she is sexually assaulted. 
because she like breaks the glass and threatens to fight him with it. He like takes it from her and beats her up a little bit and uh, it just black screen. I think that part was kind of weird to figure out what happened. And then after that, I think Mitch confronts her, but she goes into hysteria. Of course, like she's, she's just not there. She was already in a troubled state. And then Mitch is like, this was never going to work. Um, this is crazy. And I didn't even know what you really looked like. I know the truth. And then she goes to a mental hospital. And at the very end, Stella confronts Stanley. And in this, in the movie, she goes, I can't talk to you anymore. Like this isn't worth it. But in the play, they get back together. Because Stella didn't believe Blanche when Blanche said, hey, you would never believe what Stanley did to me. Now, if you've listened to this entire uh, plot breakdown and you thought, why is this movie called A Streetcar Named Desire? (laughs) Well, audience, it is because when Blanche arrives in New Orleans, she takes a streetcar from where she arrived to Stella's house. And that streetcar is named Desire. It is the second line in the movie, and it's literally just the name of a trolley, and it never and comes up again. spoken by a nameless character. <laughs> yeah, just a sailor. So, w- <laughs> there you go. That's kind of, hey, if you're disappointed by that, stop there. There's also, like, some weird dialogue spots. Like, Mitch is like, punch me in the belly. I've been working out. And she's like, What? Like and I did that she too. Lightly taps him with like th- her two fingers. Yeah, I feel like a lot of guys did that in middle school and like freshman year high school because you're just weird. But this guy's like late thirties. He's like, and then he goes, "Guess how much I weigh?" And she's like, "One eighty. She he goes like more. I'm like two ten now, two oh seven. She's like, "Okay, that's fine." And he goes, "How much do you weigh?" She's like, "What?" And then this whole time, <laughs> this is happening. I'm like, "Yeah, dude, what? What are you doing? This is weird." And then it alludes to like how much, how old are you? And bro, the thing is, is now that we've told our audience this, they don't need to watch this movie because they're not no. going to pick up on half these details from watching it. They're going to have to do exactly what we did and like pay a lot more attention than what they're used to and then possibly have to read more afterwards. And so like, hey, if you like dialogue heavy old movies, then I guess that I guess you are this market. I would recommend this only to film students. Yeah. Who because like it's worthwhile to watch a movie with this many Oscar nominations, bro. It's kind of broken. I just think this movie did not break enough ground to warrant our generous old time sympathy. I, the thing is, is I, it did break a lot of ground. Like Marlon Brando was passed over for an Academy Award um, in this performance, but this is where method acting came from. He was a method actor for this role. So when he got passed over for his Oscar and he was nominated, people were like lost their freaking minds. They're like, did you know that he was an actual douchebag for this whole <laughs> film of this movie? Did you know that he actually didn't talk to the other actors nice and he was in character the whole time? Like, okay. Also, um, this is his fourth consecutive best actor nomination in four years in a row. 52, 53, 54, and... Um, it's, it's just, this guy's murdering. So if you want to see him, sure. And the movies before this, the acting is different. This movie is supposed to change the game in the name of acting. But let me tell you, it's too Whether freaking dark. Whether or not dark. it changed it in a good way, the jury is still out on that. 
<laughs> we have been conditioned by good movies and new movies to have a certain standard. This movie falls behind that standard and below that standard everywhere. Everywhere. This movie is good in almost no places, which is why I'm giving it a two and a half. Whoa! That was, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. Then the next lowest movie I've ever watched was also during decades. Because <laughs> these old movies be hard to watch, bro. And it was, um, um, no, it wasn't during decades. It was the best and worst. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, the terror? the terror. And that was yeah. a three. And this movie is worse than that. Because my wow. main complaint for that movie was I have no idea what's going on or I know what's going on, but I can't. I can't see anything. It's weird. The The audio's off. This was worse than that, which is why it's a two and a half. Yeah, I'm giving this a six and a quarter. Golly. Like I said, I didn't mind this movie. <laughs> wow. That Listen, history books, man. We're, we're writing it right now. It's, it's crazy. And the thing is, just watch Casablanca. Just watch it. It's better than this. This movie's whack. And I, I stand behind that and... I, I'm not recommending this movie to anybody except for film students because they're the only people getting something out of this. All right, Alex, what's our improv segment? Our improv segment is called It Gets Worse. Okay. And I have two improv scenarios, and I sent those improv scenarios to a couple of our esteemed audience members. And I said, make these scenarios worse. So the first scenario I sent them was a hostage situation. One of us can be the hostage, and the other person could be the no- negotiator. One of, us, one of us can be the actual um, criminal and one of us can be the hostage negotiator and in the situation i'm going to bring up three events that our audience recommended that make this situation even worse okay um i want to be the negotiator and you can be the the criminal sounds good H- hello in there actually d- would you respond better to a megaphone or a phone call give me a f- give me a phone call okay What what's your number uh, I, you're the cops can't you just call like the operator and route them to me? What? Well, what's, what's your name? Uh, call me Mumbo number five. I don't think the operator is going to transfer us to Mumbo number five. Well, Padgham, what's the address to this place? I mean, 1769 Pine Avenue. Tell him 17, what was that last part? 69 Pine, 69 Pine Avenue. And okay. word room, where are we at? I don't know, I think it's 154. I think it's 154. No, it's definitely 155. Never mind. 155. All right. Um, well, the operator said that that building doesn't have a landline and hasn't since 1998. So I don't know what you expected. Well, and now our first audience suggestion. The building is on fire. <laughs> well. Now, I know you're scared in there, um, but the fire department is on their way. You and I, we need to focus on the hostage thing. They'll worry about the fire, all right? You and me, one track mind here. <coughs> Where are you? I can't see you. It's too smoky in here. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm just going to open up Snapchat and I'm just going to have it like find friends near me and I'll call you there, okay? What was that? It's getting pretty hot. Are you getting sweaty? Man, I'm getting sweaty. Hey, we're going to... Can you give us some water or something? Um, th- that I think falls into the fire department's like method of operations. I'll make sure to send. I'll make sure you're there. I'll make sure that that you get them first, 
Hey, hey man, you're first. it is hot in here. Do you want to leave the building? No, because then you'll get me. Can you what leave if, so I can leave? What if you get out of the building and, and you just kind of hang out on the front step and we promise not to approach you and we can still kind of just do this on the front porch? I don't trust you. Now our second audience recommendation, the hostage is in on it. So do you want to leave or, I mean, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not in a hurry, but we don't want to die in here. Well, I now, that... audience, this is a secret improv technique that we have taught ourselves called Let Alex Play the Scene by Himself. Which is harder <laughs> than I thought it would be because I picked two guys. So I'm doing a very similar voice. And I've already forgot which voice goes to who. So Craig is now one of the hostages. <laughs> So, I mean, like, you kind of picked this fight, so I feel like I should be the one to go out, since, like, if you die here, it's kind of like your own bed. But, I mean, if we don't, we gotta get something out of this. Right now, like, best case scenario, you get out of here alive, and I also get out of here alive and do prison. But, like, we haven't asked for anything. We asked for water. Let's get some money. We need to get some demands. Oh, um, okay. Well. But we should also, also be pretty quick about it, because it's. On fire, our building. His offer of letting us continue the situation on the front porch step is seeming pretty nice. Okay. Our last audience recommendation for the scene. The demands involve a meeting with Kermit the Frog. Listen, man, I got a a weird request for you. And I'm going to have a... uh, It's extremely important to me that it gets done. And if it doesn't get done, I'm going to start killing these hostages. Okay, whatever you need. I need to see the real Kermit the Frog. And um, I could get some water. That would be really nice. Okay, well, like the fire department's still like not still like ninety minutes out. So once they get here, you'll get your water. Um, at, do you want? Can I just like Facetime Kermit? Do you want? Listen, you man, want- I'm getting pretty tired, and it's hot in here. Actually, I think we lost a couple hostages <laughs> already. The floor is collapsing. <laughs> Why are there so many? Songs about rainbows and what's on the Is other side. Um, did you know he was actually going to get the frog? I thought you <laughs> gave him an impossible request. Somebody thought of that. All right, I'm killing hostages. Someone believed them. <laughs> what? We, we got you, Kermit. What, what are you upset about? <laughs> well, the scene didn't make any sense. And I didn't know how to move forward. So our last scene is called getting a call from the principal at your kid's school. Okay. And of course, we've had three things added on that make the scene even worse. All right. Um, I I'm going to since... be the parent. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And I will, instead of interrupting the scene, I'm going to copy and send these to you. Um, so you know what the, uh, the situation is. Okay. 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 Hello. Um, this is Mr. Good. How may I help you? Yeah, um, this is Principal Wells calling on behalf on Los Angeles Public Schools. Um, we were talking about your son, Alex. Um, oh, Junior. And, how is he doing? Well, you see, that's kind of why I wanted to call you. How do I put this gently? He let a pig loose in school. Well, I can see why that would be a problem. Um, but as you know, my family are big into butching. Right now, you know, it's like butchering, but 
Not quite. For lesbians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're familiar. Um, yes, yes, yes. We're the lead people who butch. And one of our pigs got loose. And old Junior decided to have it as a pet. So he must be just taking it to school today. Okay, okay. Um, There is... Something more important that I do need to talk to you about is that pig got a little out of control and it got into the kitchen and uh, bada bing, bada boom, the building is on fire. Um, One more time. I, I think we're breaking up. Uh, It got into the kitchen and I quote, bada bing, bada boom, the building is now on fire. <laughs> okay. So you're telling me that instead of putting out the fire... You're going to call me so I can pick up my kid from school? Oh, no, no, no. The building is, you know, it's being, the fire is being worked on. Don't worry about that. We just, like, the but police. But I'm somehow responsible for a fire now. When no, I didn't you're do it, res- Junior didn't do it, a pig did it. Well, Junior is responsible for the pig and the pig is responsible for the fire. You understand how this lineage kind of traces back to you between you your son and the pig you are the only legal adult amongst the three of them but listen hear me out it's your school how come my kid could bring a pig to school no repercussions then the pig gets out no one catches it then you guys let the pig into the kitchen have it set the building on fire and somehow this lack of accountability is somehow my fault yes you kind of got it, actually. Um, and maybe a little bit more context would be more helpful. So you see, the reason the pig got into the kitchen was because uh, Junior was rolling it down the hallways. And not in any of, like, the teacher's rolly chairs or anything. He he did steal a wheelchair from a student, put the pig in it, put said student's glasses on the pig, and started pushing it down the hallway that way i think your kid is a bully sir okay so you're telling me that my kid stole a wheelchair which yes as we know probably wasn't getting used because getting it was the child was in it first of all we all know how hard it is to steal a wheelchair from a person who's using a wheelchair so i'm gonna call you right there that must be a lie so we all know that's impossible especially for a fourth grader to steal a wheelchair from another fourth grader Fourth graders are light, and I think your son knows this. Okay, let's say he does this. What did he do with the kid after he stole it? I think he was way more interested in the wheelchair than the kid. So the kid was just kind of there. The The teacher had to help him into another chair. See, again, you're telling me that there was a teacher watching this happen. In I'm my, sorry, are you getting choked up over there? I'm just, excuse me, while I have to deal with an incompetent administration who can't simply keep a fourth grader from stealing wheelchairs and control a pig. So your incompetency is somehow reflecting on me and my child when obviously your staff lacks any authority. Okay. Your son is in the office with us right now. Okay. Sure. So, Can you put him on the phone actually? Um. Yeah. Hold on. Uh. Ju- junior. Junior. Stop that. Ju- junior. Stop that. Okay, uh, Mr. Good, it appears that your son is currently stripping nude. Um, I have turned around and I'm choosing not to look at him. Uh, But if you could just hurry up and get here. So you're telling me 
that you let hey, a Mr. fourth Good, grader. Could you do me a favor and stop starting every sentence with so you're telling me? Because I think you understand what I'm telling you every sentence I say. And it seems like you're just trying to twist my words against me. <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> that you let a eight-year-old turning nine in a couple months a couple Take, months seems like too big of a time frame to say turning nine, but okay. First of all, we all know that eight and three quarters is a thing, okay? And second, you're going to let a naked fourth grader just hang out in your office until I get there? Well, unfortunately, this is not the first time that he's done this. So and you're we've telling learned, me, can I please finish my fourth sentiment? Graders, naked fourth graders in your office? Oh, well, it looks like the firefighters are here. I'm not going to stop them from doing anything with your son. Bye, click. <laughs> so you're telling me. <laughs> you are an awful, awful parent. No, I have my kids back. I'm an amazing parent. <laughs> Oh, that oh. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the middle segment? Yeah. What do you got for a middle segment? All right. We're going back to an old favorite. This one is whose tagline is it anyway? I have some sets of movie taglines here and I have bunched them together. I have two real taglines and one fake tagline. It is your job to decipher the fake tagline from the real ones. Perfect. I have taken a bunch of movies that we have watched since... The last time we played this game, so you are f- I know you are familiar with all of these movies. Sweet. The first one, funny enough, it gets brought up today, is for The Terror, and its tagline is Dracula, Frankenstein, Raptor, and now The Terror. Oh, I like then, that. All right? So, and then Bride Wars, even best friends can't share the same wedding day. Mm, I don't like that one. And then Short Circuit. Meet the man with just a few screws loose. Oh, that one's good. I'm going to say the second one seems the most made up. Okay. Well, you're wrong. It was Short Circuit. I made up Short Circuit's one. That's a good one, dude. Yeah, I like that it really one. is. I, I wrote it up and, and I, I'm i like, I got to make sure. I, every, I just have to double check that it's not actually the tagline on accident. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Short Circuits, it was like, life is not a malfunction. I'm like, mine's a little better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The car that does more than just drive. Uh, that's kind of lame. I don't, I don't know about that one, dude. I feel like it'd be more Disney-esque. Love Actually. Love Actually is all around. That's the dumbest one. Which, here's for your point, that's kind of what you want. Because it sounds the most <laughs> made up. It's so bad. Bohemian Rhapsody, Fearless Lives Forever. Okay, that one sucks. It does, yeah. So those last two are bad. I'm kind of just banking on the fact that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is legit. Mm, which might be why you made it up. Because the other two were so bad, this one sounds the best. I'm going to go with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is the fake one, but not for nearly the logic that you applied to it. I think I have to... The only way I can be good at this is if I think, what if I were Craig, what would I do? Because legitimately, so, the mo- the worst one was the second one. Yes. However, incredibly on brand for the movie. Yes. So I'm literally, from now on, I guess I shouldn't tell you the secret, but now the audience and I can play together. I'm picking the best one um or if they're both if they're both bad i'm picking the best of or if they're all bad i'm picking the best one and if there's two good ones and one bad one it's never the bad one 
the worst one and it's never the best one. So I'll tell you right now, I do this incredibly stream of consciousness. I pretty much decide which one I want to be the fake one first. And then I build the other two like around that. Okay. So I knew that I wanted the first one to be the fake one. And then I just chose two other movies that we've watched. Okay. So so there's really no rhyme or reason. Well, I guess we'll see then. Okay. Friday the 13th. Okay. Lucky 13. I think not. Halloween. Okay. First of all, that one's got to be made up. Okay. Because no one says Lucky 13. It's Unlucky 13. But I, yeah. Halloween. Only tricks this Halloween. (sighs) And now Ray. That's really hard. The extraordinary life story of Ray Charles, a man who fought harder and went farther than anyone thought possible. So that one's legit. It's got to be. Because why on earth would I write something so wordy? Right. Between, what was the second one? Only tricks this Halloween. And the first one was Lucky 13. I think not. Correct. You're better than that. Okay. Only tricks this Halloween. Sounds like something you would say. The last one is way too wordy for you. I'm going to say the second yes. one. You are correct. Halloween was the correct one. Or was the fake one, rather. Uh, the real Halloween tagline is like, um, the trick is to stay alive. So we both kind of like hung on that trick-or-treat thing. Right. But um, we, I just modified mine a little so bit. So did you make it up before you saw what it actually – oh, so you literally yes. – Because yep. then you go to check it just to make sure it wasn't actually the thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Ricky and the Flash. Uh, Welp, I blacked out this movie. (laughs) Rock and roll never ages with Ricky and the Flash. I think that's it. I think that's legit. No strings attached. Friendship has its benefits. That's a great one. Almost too good. Phone booth. A ringing phone has to be answered. That's in the movie. No, it isn't. No, yes, it is. Okay, so Ricky and the Flash was what? Rock and roll never ages with Ricky and the Flash. That's a good one. And what was the second one? No strings attached. Friendship has its benefits. I don't think they would have done that because there was another movie called Friends with Benefits. But the last one is legit. And the first one with Ricky and the... Uh, I, I don't know. Ricky and the Flash. You think that one's the fake one? Yeah, but... No logic. Well, it is it. the fake one. It is the fake one. I'll, I'll I'll lock that in before you change your mind. Yeah, that um, one that one was tricky. Yeah, I I I kind of included the no strings attached one for that exact reason. Like, <laughs> they pretty much decided to have both titles. Yeah, they're like, we can't have it, so let's pick a title that we can't get sued over or a tag that we can't get sued over. All right, final round. Yep. Mary, I've been Poppins. doing amazing. By you way. are. You okay. are. Mary Poppins. Yep. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay. Casablanca. Yep. Where love cuts as deep as a dagger. And then Pink Panther, the greatest detective France has ever known. And Clouseau. Okay, I think the last one's legit. First two. One more time for the first two. Mary Poppins. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yep. And then Casablanca is where love cuts as deep as a dagger. I'm going to say the second one is made up one. You're incorrect. I made up the Pink Panther one. I was convinced that one was legit, bro. <laughs> now, the Pink Panther one is something simple like get a clue. And I'm like, that sucks. Come on. <laughs> like you're you're doing a comedy movie and, you're, and your tagline isn't a joke. What? Good. What? Lazy, lazy, lazy. Um, three out of five. 
pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, man. I'll, it's better than half. Still yeah, failing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, considering you didn't study, I'll, you yeah, got it. You're good. It. Sweet, right. dude. What's our one hit? What, what's, what is our one hit? Do I have the one hit? Yes. I mean, we can come up with the one hit if you want. <laughs> okay. We did not discuss who had the one hit. We sure didn't. And listen, <laughs> so, man, this has never happened before. 77 episodes in, <laughs> and it's happening right now. Okay. I do have a one hit on the back. I did have one because I'm, I'm like, we didn't talk about it. So I better have one just in case. So I do have the skeleton of a one hit wonder. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Let's give each other topics, and then it is up to the other person to write a very simple haiku about said topic. <sighs> haiku 575? Five, Correct. Okay. And I have never heard someone reference a haiku without somebody else also double checking to make sure that 575 is the structure of a haiku. Well, the fact that haiku is confident on it. Ah, man, it's tricky. Okay. So what's, uh, I'll give you a second. I'm not asking you to do a limerick. Dude, first of all, don't know what a limerick is. Okay. (laughs) It's uh, A A B B A, in case you were curious. A A B B A. Oh, right. For the rhyme scheme, yes. Okay. I'm like, but, what does that mean? No, no, limerick is five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Okay. Would you so, like to come up with a limerick or do you want to give me a topic for one? All right. So haikus and your haiku is going to be about hangovers. Never had one once. Heard it sucks. Why would you try? Drink some water, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All together. I feel like it's going to come together in editing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Because the, the breaks make it tricky. What you got for me? All right. Uh, can you do a podcast or what? Can you do a haiku on medication? Sure. Give me a second. I feel like everybody reads like when they're coming up with haikus, they always put emphasis on the syllables. Like, hey, you know, I'm doing this right. Right. I, I don't want you to come at me for my form. Doc, I can't read this. What happens if I die? Whoops. Lawsuit, lawsuit, bitch. (laughs) You know, we'll accept the extra syllable at the end. You did it too. (laughs) No, I didn't. Drink some water, bitch, is five syllables. What are you talking about? So what did I say? Lawsuit, lawsuit. You said whoops, lawsuit, lawsuit. No, whoops is part of the previous line. Oh, okay. Doc, I can't read this. What happens if I die? Whoops. Lawsuit, lawsuit, bitch. If I die. Yeah, okay. I wasn't counting. See, this is why you got to put the emphasis on the syllables so I don't come at you for your form. (sighs) See, but (laughs) check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now, your subject is marathons. Never, never ran in one. Only cleaned up after runs. Lots of sweaty bitches. <laughs> oh, sweet. All right, what no, you got for me? Well, because I was a part. Okay, I was part of the swim team for one year in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And over the summer, it was like a swim team tradition to volunteer at like our local Ironman triathlon or whatever, or Ironman right. marathon or whatever. And I was, my brother dragged me there because he was under the assumption that I was going to do the swim team again next year. And I'm just kind of like taking all these ankle monitors off of these 
marathon runners and I'm like, why am I doing this? I have made no commitment to no one. I do, I'm not. This is for no one. So I left. Nice. Good to know. <laughs> um, your topic is customer service. This one's hard. Uh, all right. This is an original. I would hope so. Okay, here we go. It's like, I forgot. My, I forgot my last line. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, um, ma'am. Is everything all right here? No. I'm so sorry, bitch. <laughs> I do. Hmm. Using um as an active syllable feels like cheating, but I'll allow it. But listen, I'm an artist, bro. I'm breaking the rules and making rules. All right. Well, that was our haiku one-hit wonder. <laughs> it's going to seem way shorter to you listening to this. <laughs> Alex and I just kind of sat in silence for like five minutes. <laughs> but while they're going through it, they're going to be like, man, these guys are really fast. If you just cut it out real nice, we're going to be geniuses. All right. Free balling. What's going on? So, free balling. I watched Spider-Man No Way Home for the first time. Okay. There was two parts that I thought was going to make me cry that didn't make me feel almost anything. Um, Interesting. Obviously, spoiler alert. So you might, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry. So, I mean, when I went into this, I already had most of it spoiled. I know that all the villains came back and I knew that the other Spider-Mans were going to be in it. So I already knew that. Two things I thought were going to make me cry is one, when Aunt May died. Okay. I didn't cry. And two, when at the end, they're like, everyone's going to forget you. And I like Dr. Strange was prepared to let the world end. So that didn't happen. Yes. Um, yeah. And he's like, no, it's okay. Let everyone forgive me or forget me. And he says goodbyes to everyone, which is rough. And then when he goes back to see her, she's like, yeah, I got hurt, but it's healing. And he just decides, oh, well, this isn't going to happen because you're going to keep yeah. getting hurt. I thought I was going to have some sort of emotions for both of those. It, I, I have emotions, but it isn't sadness. It's okay. If yeah. anything, it's sad because I'm like, well, I guess Spider-Man's over. Like there might be another movie, but th- his solo movies are over. Sort of like the last Iron Man. I'm like, well, he's not going to have any more solo movies. He'll be in more stuff, but it's not going to be the same. What ended up getting me was when MJ starts falling. He chases after him. Green Goblin Dude, gets him. Best part and of the movie. Andrew Garfield dives after him. And then saves MJ, and he's breaking to pieces. And it hit me. I'm like, dude. Uh, And I don't. I can't even explain why it hit so hard. Because when you say it out loud, like that's how his girlfriend died. He just wanted to make sure it didn't happen to him. It didn't. It doesn't sound as serious as it is. Do you know why? It's because Andrew Garfield is an amazing actor, and you see all of that on his face without him having to say it. Right. And after that, I realized. I guess I'm watching Tick, Tick, Boom. I, I guess I'm watching his other movies because that and Andrew Garfield was my favorite part in that whole movie. He's and so I, good. He's so good, dude. And I must Thank have you. forgot, bro. I am so happy to hear that. I must have forgot because what happened is like when his Spider-Man came out, we all compared it to the previous Spider-Man and it's not as good. It's just straight up not as good. And I remember watching Gwen die. And being like, wait, she died from what? Her back broke? And that's literally what happened. So when this happened and that all like the Spider-Man banter happened, he, it was obvious that he, when they were just even reminiscing about the crazy stuff they've done, um, it wasn't as interesting as the other guys. Like he's like, when like Tom Holland brought up the Avengers, like what's the Avengers? And then um, Tobey Maguire brought up Venom and they're like, you fought an alien? And 
for some reason, that scene where he dives after MJ, I'm like, it it made me feel things, bro. Yeah. And now I'm just like on Andrew Garfield tick. I'm going to be watching either Tick, Tick, Boom tonight or that. um Tammy Faye. Yes. Tammy Faye one. Because I'm just like, this guy must be better than I thought. Yeah, he's I, I he's so good. So I've, good, dude. So many clips from interviews are showing up on my For You page, and I eat every single one of them up. Yeah, and I walked away from that movie having feelings I haven't had in a really long time, and one of them was, I wish I was famous so that I could be friends with them. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be famous to be famous. I don't want that. I want famous to have access to famous people. And so that I don't have to admire them from far. I can just be cool with them. I want to see a movie with Ana de Armas and then just be like, hey, I saw your movie. It was great. Let me know um, when you are free. You can come over and have uh, dinner with me and the fam. Like, I just want to be at that level. And after that movie, I would have been like, hey, Andrew, just saw your movie. Sorry it took so long. It was great, dude. And now I have to watch all your stuff over again. Uh, Give me a (laughs) call when you get this. You were awesome. And just hang up. I want that in my life so bad and he did an amazing job and i'm i'm about it yeah rock yeah mirror pretty much what i would say um all i but i will say the actual movie okay yeah and i think i mentioned this when i first saw it my biggest problem with the movie i still rated it very high because i think it's it's very cool it may not be a great movie but it's cool and the thing that i think falters it as a movie is it's hard to be on Tom Holland's side because everything is his fault. Yeah. And uh, it was yeah. the same reason why and I it was don't over love something trivial. What trivial, bro? And that's I think that hurt him a lot. And it was the same reason why I don't love Age of Ultron so much because it's like this literally no one is asking you to do this and you almost destroyed the world. Right. And it's the same case in Tom Holland's case and I'm like this I, I wish we had a better motivation. Everything that happens is cool. Him like fixing all the bad guys so they don't have to die when they go back to their own realities is a very Spider-Man thing to do. I love that concept so much. The How we got there was a little rocky. Wasn't a big fan of that. Right. And I listen, I appreciated the acting of everyone involved. Even Jamie Foxx was better. And I've really been over Jamie Foxx recently. Um there's not a whole lot to say about this. I will say the reason everyone loses their mind over this is for the same reason people lost their mind over Endgame, lost their mind over Infinity War and every other Avengers is when you have backstory that could take place outside the movie, you're walking into it with more. Like that's the reason why finales of seasons don't have to be amazing. It's just the fact that we're walking with all this baggage from the stuff we've watched already into this. And I'm very open about that. I I love that. So I think it's dope. It is a little weird that we kind of already saw this with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So we kind of got already got introduced to new Spider-Mans and now we're just watching it again. Um, but it's cool. I dig it. It's it's a fire movie. I can't watch it all the time. Um, and if anything, it gave me a newfound love for Andrew Garfield. And I will take that. I have continued my quest to beat all the Halos on Legendary on their hardest difficulty. Yep. Uh, last time I checked in, uh, Halo 2 was r- destroying me, absolutely wrecking me. Uh, since then, it's only been a week. Uh, I have already beaten Halo 3 and half of Halo Reach. Good grief. Those games are so much easier. So much easier. Um, Halo, I don't know why Halo 3 was so much easier. I think 
they just gave you a little bit more of an advantage. I think they let you take a few more hits. Uh, the enemies just weren't as brutal. So I finished that in like three or four days. Um, and Halo Reach is also profoundly easy. Halo Reach is also even easier because Halo Reach is the Halo that I grew up on. Right. So Halo Reach was my first Halo. And so I know that game backwards and forwards. I beat that game on Legendary when I was like 16. Good grief, dude. So going back to it, first of all, I remember that game kicking my butt when I was 16. And I'm like, I was honestly not looking forward to playing it on Legendary because I remember how brutal it was to me back then. Going back now, there are I am beating levels without dying. That is how much of a cakewalk it is for me. Jeez. <laughs> and so I'm like, was I that bad at video games six or seven years ago? And apparently I was. So I it's think, just yeah. That's... It's just nice to kind of have like a like a checkpoint. Like, hey, you are progressing. Don't worry. That's wild. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I never got into Halo, but we've talked about that before. Yes. I um, also watched Eternals for the first time. Yeah, I kind of saw you going off about that. It's it's an okay movie, but it's people okay. lost their mind because a lot of people are like it's it's not good. No, it's just a, it's just a movie, bro. No, like I said about I I might have said this before on the podcast, but the thing that I tell people is it's too long, which I hate making that complaint, but it, it's just too long. It is. They they spend too much time in the past and then expect us to care about the present. I was cool uh, with it both ways. I, for me, I it's a too long of a movie if you don't like long movies, but I dig long movies, so that didn't bother me. Um, I just thought it like it was okay. I dude, the worst part of the movie, which is not even that big of a deal, is Sebastian Stan looks way too much like Madden. Yes, you can't you can't have that, bro. It's too similar, and it's and. When you have characters that look that similar and they're both that important, it's unacceptable. I'm not about it. Um, it was straight up distracting for the first 40 minutes of the movie. Um, but I, I would hold this movie on par with a lot of the origin movies of other stuff. That's like I talked fair. about this in our group chat. Like It's just as good as the original Thor. It's just as good as um, the original Captain America. I mean, it's, it's on par. It's, yeah. it's just as good as um homecoming it's just it's just a movie now it's better than some of the other solo movies like black widow and hulk and stuff but like it's it's what i come to expect and i think the reason people like lost their mind because they thought it was gonna be another guardians of the galaxy it's it's not bro but that's okay yeah it, it just sucks the reason why i didn't love it were twofold one i hate getting the band back together movies it is one of my least favorite style of movies up there with road trip movies. If the main premise of your plot is we need to gather everyone up, I don't like that. I find it boring. And the second thing is I really hated Druig, Druig or whatever. Yeah. I hated him so much. He just like personally weighed the movie down a little bit for me. I can't put my finger on it. What exactly it is. He's just annoying and a brat. And I just did not like him. Yeah. There was a couple of, there was a couple of people that got a lot more explanation and backstory than others. And some people were just angsty the whole time. Um, I loved Angelina Jolie's character and I didn't yeah. expect that. Yeah. I was like, and she's a big star. 
and she plays a medium-sized role, but she does it so well that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot this chick is like amazing. Yeah, her but character she's kind of talented. Is, her character is very almost timid, I would say, which is kind of not something that you would expect from a superhero movie at all. I wouldn't say timid. Alone... I would say she's reserved because it's yes. like one of those things yes. like I'm not shy. I just don't want to kill everybody. Yeah, or I so... want to kill everybody, and I'm not. And I'm trying not to. Yeah, so it's it's very nice to see. It, like you said, it was surprising to see such star power act so heavily in a role that is a supporting role. Yeah. So I mean, she freaking murdered it, and I'm about it. Um. Yeah, it's just just a pretty good movie. All right. Um. Next week we are launching into our 60s week for decades month, and we are finally watching a Hitchcock movie. Uh, we're watching Psycho. Which I, I I don't again I don't know much about this movie except the iconic scenes so it'll be nice to finally put that into context. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I have know nothing about it except for some of the memes and some of the scenes. I honestly couldn't even tell you who's in it. So I'm very excited to see <laughs> what's gonna happen. All right. Well, until next time, my name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle, and I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.